welcome back to You Go Boy Podcast. Not, oh, not uh, welcome back, more like where you been. That is true. But we're here and we're back. So we're glad to be in your presence, in your in your ears. <laughs> Sound like a, a Nigerian when you say presence. Oh, I need well, you know, to do my 23 and me. Huh? I said I need to do my 23 and me. That is true. <gasps> we'll talk about it later. So if you don't know, <laughs> you was about to get ready to go into it. You listen to Jay Bosco, who was just on on ones and twos this past weekend, too. Um, and we are here. We're back. We, we are back. Yeah. Um, yeah. So with that being said, tell us, you just mentioned Jay Bosco being on the ones and twos. What you been up to? What happened over the weekend? I've been drinking. I've been oh. drinking. No, but no. <laughs> we have been. Um doing our conference this past weekend and for male teachers of color we call it the community impact assembly and um cia for short had about 200 close to 200 people come about Mm -hmm. 30 high schooler boys who are interested in becoming teachers and Mm -hmm. we had college students who are interested in becoming teachers and then we had over 120 male teachers of color so out of that 200 is uh over 100 about 120 male teachers of color sessions happy hours top golf events school visits brunches everything i mean panel discussions uh just amazing and i think i'm still like the only conference host who gets upset or sad when the (laughs) conference is over i really really love people i just really get sad i really do i just oh my god i can't believe that the people are leaving <laughs> and the stories and things that we share. But I love that there was, that it was a smooth transition. Uh, you know, Niger didn't leave until this. I just morning. got back uh, yeah. Monday. So I left Monday. Most um, of everyone who came from out, you know, yes, out of yesterday. state. Yeah. They left on Sunday. So I had opportunities yeah. to stay a little bit longer, kind of rest and kind of catch up with my best friend. My After best friend. A, a jam-packed weekend. So, uh, yes, outside of the community impact assembly, what ha- else have you been up to? I mean, we've kind of been on a soft hiatus. hiatus. Soft, we, keep you on, know, so. <laughs> we keep on and going on vacation. I'm not even going to say we're going to do better because, I mean, our words right now don't mean anything. Uh, so mm, we're just going to have to show you our actions. Hello. Um, show you better than I can tell you. Yeah, we knew this was going to happen once we got busy, and we said we were not going to do this, but, you know, we trifling. Since the trifling episode... <laughs> I didn't want to say that. <laughs> Dang, it was like, since uh, the trifling episode, then we got trifling. But it's so crazy, because when you gear up for Q1, for quarter one of the year, it just, like, hits the ground running. And when yeah. you're, like, when we started this podcast, it was, like, nearing the middle to end of Q4. So things are wrapping up. Things aren't as busy, you know? Yeah, and started 2019. It was like all, all just I was about to say guns blazing. I think that's what they say, but yeah, we've just been moving. So you just had the conference that just, just happened. Conference. Tell us about the fact that you went to you went to the city down under, the country down under, didn't you? I did, and I had to honestly, you guys, you know, it's learning about other communities, and I'm still learning. I'm still processing and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. it was a cool experience. We went with a particular company. Mm-hmm. Um that where'd is you go? Trying to do work into the States. We went to Sydney and Wollongong. Wollongong, Australia. Australia. That is. And awesome. yeah, we went there to learn. I'm still processing it. Okay. And I'm still understanding universal blackness and what that awesome. looks like. That is a great way to say that universal mm-hmm. blackness. Awesome. Yeah. So anything else going on? I went to go see uh, Choir Boy for the second time. And uh, yesterday was his last day in production. And, you know, yeah. one thing I'm learning, honestly, is I have a hard time when things come to an end. Like, mm-hmm. I literally was, after I saw Choir Boy, and I knew that it was going to end on March 10th, I was so sad, <laughs> like, that I would not be able to see it again. Like, Okay, Mario, you saw it twice. Said that it was a great production. It was very good. Tell us really quickly what um, Choir Boy is about, because most of us have never heard of it. Mm-hmm. It's a coming of age story around black male 
uh, gayness and spirituality mm-hmm. and how oftentimes somebody's gayness can be overlooked or shunned upon, mm-hmm. upon, upon, upon. Uh, <laughs> and what does that do to someone who has grown up and they're always, what I would think about is that, that they're always overlooked because this thing that they cannot control um, mm-hmm. is being seen. And so I'm trying to like really share what choir board is without really <laughs> spilling any type of beans around it. Okay. Um, but there, I, I will say my favorite character is David. Mm-hmm. And actually he's not the main character. Okay. And I encourage you all to actually get the book. If you didn't go, see the player i didn't have the opportunity to the book is on amazon for like nine ten dollars and the book really does uh do the the storyline justice well that's um, good you could really really get into the the book and the book is written in a play format hmm, okay. i think what's missing is that you do miss the songs but they have a lot of the songs on youtube now so if so it's it literally the book goes uh to how the play uh, is the play goes so it's like the same thing that mirrored yeah and i think that's been been my thing um yeah I, I i've been enjoying myself and enjoying my life i'm trying to think what else i did do the 20 like learn more about 23 and me when i was in australia and mm-hmm. really understand stood that my parents uh my dad particularly he's from his origin is in egypt and my mom origin is in ethiopia and I was like, whoa. Wow. And just like learning about that and how we got to the West Coast of Africa, mm-hmm. all of those things. Um, it showed that one of my great, one of my grandparents, or great grandparents had to be either uh, 100% Sierra Leone, Ghana, or Liberia. Mm. 100%. So, like, when I finally understood how to break the data down, it was crazy because, like, one of my – and it, it's on my dad's side, which is interesting. And the funny thing is I never met my dad's father. My sister did. But he was in the hospital one time, and I was supposed to – I was supposed to go with my dad, but I was sick. Mm-hmm. And that's the only time my sister ever saw him. That's the only time that wow, I ever so saw So you've him. never met your paternal grandfather? No. Wow. Uh-uh. So that's crazy, right? Yeah. So I don't is. know if he could have been the one that's 100% Sierra Leone. I mean, or, truth be told, uh, I only met my paternal grandfather once as well, actually. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, that was really it. And, unfortunately, he's now deceased. So whatever information or knowledge that he had, I will never really get to hear from the source. I'll say it that way. I won't yeah. say that I'll never know information, but I'll just never have the opportunity to hear from the source. So it is really important as much as we can. Um, if we're blessed to have grandparents around or great uncles or aunts and, you know, things of that mm-hmm. nature, have conversations with them. Mm-hmm. And carefully, you know, they'll be honest. That's always the other piece. Like, yeah. be honest about the information that you know and share it with us um, younger adults because we mm-hmm. want to know. And uh, and I think that's I think that's how you say it. like we're auditory storytellers, mm-hmm. which is very good. As a community, a lot of things were not written down. Mm-hmm. Most things were told. Right. That's something that Choir Boy actually talks about in the play as well, mm-hmm. in terms of the Negro spirituals and how theoretically they were not guides to help free the slaves. Yet they were spiritual awakenings. Mm-hmm. Uh, process the mind of you know them getting it and and that could be just still, that can still just be as important yeah you know? and i was like wow because we can over I, you know some people talk about how we over fantasize particular errors mm-hmm. in the past and they necessarily did not look like how we paint the picture which can be interesting uh but yeah history That's is important mm-hmm and we're getting better at being able to re- to um, find some of these things to verify. Okay, this actually did happen. Yeah, during this time period. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. As I put on my lip balm, <laughs> my lips got dry as hell while talking. 
<laughs> well, it looks like you have been very busy between the conference, traveling in Australia, <laughs> which that ain't down the street. Um, it's the land down under. It's definitely that. How long was the flight? 16 hours, but it didn't feel like it because... How? The reason why I don't feel like it, which is so weird. Like, I feel like this is one of the shortest flights of my life, to be honest with you. I know, Nigel, it's weird, but it's like... I wish I could see my face because <laughs> my face is saying, Ninja, please. Okay. 16 hours, are you going to say that's the shortest flight of your life? It but felt like, were you drunk? Were you high? Were you on some medicine? <laughs> Tell us. Well, here's the thing. So when you get on a plane, they feed you. Mm-hmm. You get your meal. Number one. Yeah. <laughs> and so that's about an hour and a half that you, of the preparation, you know, they give you. And that's another thing that, you know, they necessarily really didn't do, but you're supposed to get, uh, you know, a napkin to clean your hands off and wipe your face down. And then they give the food. They did it the second time, but they didn't do it the first. But because, you know, people's hands be dirty. And I use that to wipe down my tray. But yeah, that's funny. Everybody laughing at me because some people who uh, listen to the podcast and, it's on Insta- and follow me on Instagram, mm-hmm. they know that I wipe down the back of the seat where my head is at because I have locks and they do not wipe those things down. I wipe down the chair, the armrest. Mm-hmm. I wipe down the window flap and I wipe down my tray. <laughs> <laughs> I wipe down all of that and I wipe down the side of deciding because a lot of people lay their head on that i don't know where you been i'm definitely one of those ones that lay their head on there so Me it's probably too. good that you do wipe it because mm-hmm, you don't take baths so wait a minute but i think that uh so yeah they give you the food first hour and a half and mm-hmm. then after that you know you watch maybe a movie for two hours mm-hmm and then all of a sudden, I don't know, I, maybe they put something in the air. <laughs> you just really, really sleepy. They tell you, and mind you, you guys, the flight leaves out at 11 o'clock at night. So you'd have been up all day anyway. Yeah, so you already so Theoretically, sleeping. it's about 4 or 5 o'clock in the morning that you've been up. Because you ain't really eating until 1 o'clock in the morning they call dinner. And then you watch a movie, that's 2, 3 o'clock, right? So then you mm-hmm. sleep. Now, you've already been on the plane for 4 hours. Then yes. You sleep for probably about six, seven hours. I slept so damn good on that. Were you in Were you in one of the uh, cocoons, or you just had a standard seat? I had a standard seat, but when you on a when you on an international flight, the flight uh, I mean the um, seats go back more. Oh so, yeah. Oh, I'm done. That's all I need. Okay. Uh, yeah, what? they go back a lot more. Oh yeah. So, I mean, they go back a lot more to the point where yeah, you real well rested and. Uh-huh. I had my little sleeping eye mask thing. Oh, yes, that'll do it. And then they say, put your tray, your tray table down if you want them to wake you up when, when a meal come by. I don't skip I, no tra- damn meals. Hello, tray, tray will be down. Yep. They do that for most flights. Keep your tray table down if, they, if you want to be woken up for the next meal. So, and did about they give you five, a blanket? Uh-huh, but I had my caftan, uh, my, uh, I call. Your little pashmina? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I had that. And everything, but the blanket is a little bit thicker too than your yeah, average blanket to be on planes. Yeah, uh, on like be a real thing. Mm-hmm, they're a little bit thicker, and they give you a pillow. Um, they got memory foam in it. Hell no, nah, that pillow so damn small. <laughs> that pillow just enough to go in between your thighs or something. Shit. Yeah, I'm gonna need me a therapeutic. Okay, so I'll bring my own pillow. Got it. Bring your own pillow or something like or your neck rest. I had a I had a I neck like rest. Those. Me neither, but I used it as a pillow. Mm. Yeah. And then, so now I just going to Singapore. So that's what we're kind of like talking about it. Like, like, yeah, y'all, I am getting ready pre- yeah. for my study abroad, or I should say my cultural immersion experience in May, May 18th through June the 3rd. Excuse me. Um, I will be going to Asia. I'll be going to Vietnam, Singapore, and Malaysia. So if any of you all have uh, been to either of these countries, please, please, please hit me up on social media or through our our email and let me know about your experience, where I should go, where I need to stay away from, how much money did you take? I'll be there for two weeks. Um, Where is the shopping, the eating? Because listen, I'm here for this cultural immersion. How endeavor. 
Now, what's the time? Are y'all are y'all a day ahead as well over there? Yeah, so they're like, um, so you all in Australia were how how far ahead? We were a day and a half. A day and a half. So it's similar. Yeah, it's kind of cool actually, because like when you get back, when you go t- when you go there, you leave on a Monday, but you get there on a Wednesday. See, and that already is gonna mess my mind up. Okay, like, and then but every, I was fine actually until I got back. Um, and not getting back the the way we're getting back, y'all. So listen, we're flying from Cincy to Jersey, <laughs> from Jersey to a little city or what have you, over to Vietnam. Cool, whatever. So you fly uh, United. I don't know who you they. You know how you know my flight. <laughs> I know my terminals. I know. You I know do. my airport. You gonna tell me what has flight? To be I'm on like the type of actual plane, y'all. Actually, you know what? That is true. We, yeah, United is one of the best like American uh American fl- uh airlines to fly uh, international yeah because they had they they were the starters of having like the new uh 77 seven, 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 seven. <laughs> what he said yeah. all i know is on my <laughs> way back though i don't care if i'm on a 777 747 or 7 by 11 i don't know <laughs> but what i do know is that's a long ass flight hold on either, we're leaving either from singapore or malaysia and we're flying to Cali, which is almost like 16 hours in and of itself. 12 to 16, something like that. Fly and you know why, though, right? I'm going to give you a little bit. Because we're coming around the globe? You can't. Uh, there's only a... United cannot fly over eight, over Russia. There's only like a few airlines that can fly. And, and, and Russia fly over only, Russia? Over Russia, yeah. Like, Russia is very... like. Like it used to take longer to eat. That's like, so deep. What do you mean yeah. a, a country like, hey, bro, don't be flying over us like that? Yeah, you're not allowed to fly over Russia. And so, like, how do you not I'm, fly over a whole ass country? I know Russia is like, with it being the most biggest land area, right? Like, and it's the biggest. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, and like See, this is the sh- that they need to be talking to uh, us about. <laughs> they share. Like, I guess maybe that's why they tell us to invoke panic. But see, now that I know, I'm about to go up in class. Like, so are we flying over Russia or not? Because <laughs> yeah, I had heard that we ain't supposed to be flying over there. <laughs> You'll see. That's why they got the plane end up being missing from Malaysia. They asked us was probably flying over some shit they weren't supposed to be flying over. <laughs> well, I ain't gonna speak all that. <laughs> Listen, shit. I know how to put the dots together. You sound for two and two together. Gosh. But that is true. <laughs> Fuck you, babe. Oh, my God. Why were you supposed to fly? Don't fly where you ain't supposed to fly. Ah, bitch, you going to catch me in the cockpit. Great. So the flight, the, the air, the, the, um, the mm. uh, pilot, he gets a flight itinerary of where mm. he will go. I knew they need to send that team. out. They wasn't calling <laughs> Pings and he'll and he and yeah they ping and you know how like our cars you know like when you do ways they mm. do ping same thing they got ways up there I don't know <laughs> <laughs> no I don't know but you saw me up in the cockpit one thing I told Nigel about uh, flying is when you look at your flight number it shows the priority in which you fly um, which the airline flies in the air so so like the the smaller the number, the greater the priority. And it's, I, I want to remember if it's like one, you said if one. it's an odd number, mm-hmm. it goes, uh, it goes west to east or east to west. If it's an even number, your flight is going north to south. So when you are like, I was on Virgin airlines from Australia to LA and our flight number was one, <laughs> like the most important thing, um, the most important thing is that flight at that time that's over there. Now, I will say, when you told me that, that did um, make me pay attention to the way, like, for example, when I was flying from Houston to Cincy and vice versa, how smooth the flight was compared to other mm-hmm. flights that didn't start with an odd number. Mm-hmm. I did notice that there was a difference. And to that, going back to my international <laughs> flight, now, I don't know if we're flying United or not, but what I want to be is informed. I think that's very important for me to be and for us to be informed about what the heck is going on Um, (laughs) because most of us have not been out of the country 
I have been out of the country. However, mm-hmm. I haven't been that that far. And then we have all these rules, respectfully so. Um, once we get over there, are things that we can and cannot do. And Can't recently, we cannot chew gum. You cannot spit. I said, dang, I like to do both you spit of a lot. Because mm-hmm, I'm not always congested in this in the America. Well, hopefully in the Singapore, you won't be. I hope not. And and then food wise, yeah, we started doing this like cultural immersion here in Cincy. Like we went to a Vietnamese restaurant, and I said, "Y'all know what? I'm gonna be open because I'm gonna be over in these other countries for two weeks or whatever." So we went to a Vietnamese restaurant, and I said, "Hey, tell me about these pork." I will first. I told the man, "This is my first time here. You're again prepared for this cultural immersion. (laughs) You know, kind of like help me along." He wasn't really that helpful uh, or looked like to be willing to be helpful. So then I asked about the pork meatballs. And so he goes to describe them. He's like, well, you might taste a little bit of a tendon in there. And I said, a tendon? <laughs> like a, t- I it said, oh, <laughs> I said, a tendon? You know, when you hear a tendon, you think about like what connects the joints kind mm-hmm. of situation. I said, mm, I don't think I want that in my meatballs. Right, and I don't even eat gristle. Like, like people that can clean a bone, God bless them. I just can't do that. It's just too real for me. (laughs) And then when he, after he said the tendon part, he kept describing the meatball. He said, and you might feel um like some pockets in the meatball. Pockets, (laughs) like Soldier Boy pockets. Okay. (laughs) I said, oh no, sir, just give me the um. I'll just take the chicken pho, and for y'all. Um, basically, to me, chicken pho was nothing but chicken noodle soup. <laughs> and that's what he could have said from jump. It's broth, uh, rice noodles. They got chicken breasts that's thinly sliced <laughs> like you got from the deli. And uh, they bring you a bunch of herbs and spices to jazz it up. I said, noted. I'll be having a much, much pho while I'm in uh, Vietnam. What However, the what the pho? <laughs> However, if you've been to Vietnam and you have some suggestions on uh you know food to eat i'm very open i have my own room which i'm excited about because i also told them look they were talking about sharing rooms i said see here's the thing for two when straight I, weeks too two straight weeks with a classmate i said look i'm grown we all grown i need my own space let alone i don't know what you do in order to go to bed at night i don't know what your little rituals may be you might need to call your spouse y'all might need some alone time i don't want to be hearing that <laughs> Furthermore, I don't know how this food going to act on my stomach. Mm-hmm. So when I got to go to the bathroom, <laughs> I need to be able to go, let alone breathing in somebody else's situation. Hey, if I <laughs> and not you have space for two weeks. No, right. I don't need to be that close. Is it going to be a hotel? Allegedly. I, can't, I don't know if I could do two weeks. Like, what's happening? Shoot. <laughs> I, I, it's the idea that I don't need nobody planning my schedule. Because I could see it. <laughs> See, by like day four, and I'm still, you know, we still doing this. It's two I'm. It's going to be a great experience. It's going to be a great experience. Look, you said, I don't even want to go down that. that I'm not going to go down that road. No. It's going to be a great experience. Great experience. So, Let's yeah. See. So, well, I can't wait to tell that story once I make it over. How I got it. over. Okay. Because my soul is going to look back and wonder how I got over. I already know. Exactly. Well, yeah. that was a good, very good fireside channel opening. You know? yeah, absolutely. So when absolutely. we get back, but that was traveling. I mean, and that's good because we have been. I mean, that's where we are in our lives right now. Just a bunch of traveling. It's conference season. It's it's just a whole bunch of that. And then with me wrapping up my program in July, like it's like the the last big semester. So a lot of moving parts are going on. We're trying to wrap up group cohort and individual projects so yeah that's my life right about mm. now mm-hmm. we'll be praying amen all right <laughs> you've been listening to you go boy you mm-hmm. mm. you've been listening to you go boy podcast what was it <laughs> uh-oh in the blackness okay i don't know what that was about <laughs> serious listen okay <laughs> you've been listening to you go boy podcast we will be right back after this commercial break See 
Welcome back to You Go Boy Podcast. Today's topic of conversation is going to be... <laughs> oh, we talking teams. That's it. That's what we're talking about. Saying. Oh, I didn't know. <laughs> so let me tell y'all where this uh, topic came from. So from the other day, or I should say a few weeks ago now, um, I was talking to a good friend of mine, Nikki. Um, you can follow her at Nikki ruffin on ig um so she and i were talking because she was exploring wanting to do more um i guess she would cons- uh, consider like brand ambassador work there we go um as a social social media influencer <clears throat> she has some opportunities that she has been just killing lately and she wanted to expand it even more and so she called me um, and just a little background, I should say, I was her stylist for quite a few years while she was living here in Cincinnati. She's thus relocated to Philly. And so still keeping in contact, obviously. So she and I got on the phone and we talked for about an hour just about branding, um, putting ourselves out there, um, just really just an encouraging conversation and afterwards we were just like that was a really dope combo like texting wise Mm. and it got me to thinking about like who is on your team Mm. as we are trying to grow and develop our business ideas um grow if you're already a pre-established you know if you're already established business like who is in your inner circle that's uh rooting for you that's promoting you who's getting you connected and linked up with other like-minded individuals or businesses to help you grow who's mm-hmm. investing in you who is holding you accountable and just all of those things and um it we her and i were kind of laughing about it like listen this is my team these are my people and it got me to thinking about it and it's so fitting because we're coming off of the cia weekend uh, with profound gentlemen and being that Mario is a co-founder, one of my best friends, and him giving me an opportunity now three years ago to come and present at mm-hmm. this conference in front of black male educators where I am not a traditional educator by any stretch of the imagination, um, mm-hmm. allow me to have this platform to come in and say, hey, you have something to add to the conversation our gentlemen can learn from you as well as you can learn from our gentlemen. Just because you're not a traditional educator doesn't mean there isn't content that will be out there that is applicable to you as a one, a yeah. black man to a black gay man, three, a black gay man who is also an educator. Um, yeah. As well. So it got me to thinking about teams and I'm, I'm surrounded by either those who are already entrepreneurs or those who are considering entrepreneurship because the school systems are encouraging students to learn a trade. Yeah. If you're not going back, if you're not going to go to college and then those of us who are are college trained, so many of us, because I know a lot of people in education are saying, I need an additional stream of income. Mm -hmm. And it may become, may uh, be that because their salaries aren't a lot um, because educators are really underpaid, which I came to find out people that have PhDs in the college of business get paid more than people who have PhDs in the college of education, which I think is just crazy to me, but it all, in my opinion, comes down to dollars and cents. Right. So people are looking for other streams of income. And with that being said, you start looking inward about what do I do? Well, what Mm -hmm. can I capitalize on that? I'm already doing, for example, for friends who like to take pictures, who like to get dressed, who like to, either use hair or play in, or not play in makeup, like develop their artistry is around makeup. Um, mm-hmm. Who have good public speaking skills, who, X, Y, I mean, hell, we've started a podcast. There's so many things that people can do and do well and want to leverage their strength. And they're like, how can I capitalize on that? How mm-hmm. can I monetize that? And you have to think within your circle because you need support wanting to say, hey, you're not crazy for yeah. wanting to do that. Um, we see it all the time on social media. So many people who have leveraged their strengths and taken advantage of those opportunities. And now they are our influencers that we talk about, our social media influencers. And at the end of the day, they put their draws on one leg at a time, just like we do, as my dad would say. And it seems more realistic nowadays. So it's like, who, who's your team? And even some social media influencers have begun to talk about how they've really had to be more strategic about who they're with 
and how they present mm. themselves because mm-hmm. it influences their brand mm. um, and the opportunities that they're able to get. So once that conversation started again, like I said, with her, it made me start to think about the people that I have in my circle and how it impacts who I am as a person, how it impacts who I am as a business, how I see myself as a key player in the different organizations and environments that I go in, um, how I'm being supported, how I'm being invested into, Mm -hmm. um, and how I'm also growing as a person, my mindset, my perspective, um, self-love, my Mm -hmm. mental health, and all of that. So, yeah, clearly you can tell it's been Uh on my mind. (laughs) Right. No, that's true. I mean, but that's real, though. Uh, I think when we talk about teens, I think the three things, and I think I think I know that they're all are important. The first one is when we talk about teams, you first have to know who you are. True. You have to know who you are and be willing to continue to learn who you are. And the reason why I first start off with that is I remember when my Angelou's son said to her, Mom, I want to be able to, her son said this to her, like, Mom, I want to be able to make friends. And mm. she said, in order for you to make friends, you have to be a friend. Yeah. You have to be a friend first to yourself. The second thing she told him is that there is, has to be something sacred that you must keep clean and pristine. I remember <laughs> I love mm. she said that part, clean mm. and pristine, mm. that nobody can touch, not even a mm. friend, that is personal to you that you and God go to. Mm. I think that's really interesting. Yeah, because I'm like, tell me more about that. <laughs> right. Sure you're and I, well, I think that space is where you deal, a, a, as a person, you deal with the total package of who you are mm-hmm. as a person. I think that's when it's clean and pristine is that it's so pure, you know, that if somebody walks in and out of your life, mm-hmm. you still have yourself. That's I think important. that's what she's talking about. The second thing is um, the second thing is uh, uh, around after knowing yourself, you have to know who you want on your team. So when you know yourself, you then know that, okay, I know I'm not this type of person, but I need this type of person to hold me accountable. Because mm-hmm. all folks ain't good, you know? Yeah. I think about that because, like, a team is hard to sometimes be able to grow in the social media age. I think while you're talking about influencers, you know, I I understand that word. I think it's important. But one of the things I heard last week, rather than using social media influencer, what happened to just, like, inspiring people? And what's yeah. the difference between social media influencers and flowers and inspiring people? I think there is a distinct two different things. I think social media influencer is all about self and brand and influ and people who are uh those who inspire individuals are all about the community and, and people. And I could go deeper into that, but the point of me even kind of like reflecting on that is because I think in your friend circle is so important for you to have people that inspire you to become better. Yeah. When you look in your circle and or individual people and the only thing that you are talking about is gossip, then that's a problem. Right. You have to fix that. We have to correct that. Yeah. And then I think like the last thing in terms of a team is really about whether like where you where what is your position in the team? Mm-hmm. Are you the one that's leading this team or not? And I know that there's always going to be that individual that like stick out. It seems like they're the leader of a particular team. And I think the the good thing is that if you are that person, you have to be willing to be more and more reflective. You have to be. You have to be willing yes. to be the most reflective in a group. And I think that's the difference between you, sometimes the rest of your people. I also think that that last one deals with 
staff members as well. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. That's how I look at it. That's a, I think that's a good way to think about it. When, you're, when you think about team, going back to your first one, you talk about self-awareness. It doesn't matter how you look at team. Team could be your relationship. Team could be your, um, your workplace where, you know, your environment where you work. And you may be a team lead or you may be um, uh, the person who has to directly report to your team lead or whatever. Yeah. You have to start with self-awareness. You got to know where you're starting from. You got to know your strengths. And your weaknesses, you got to know your core values of who you are. And even as you acknowledge your weaknesses, that's still a strength at the same time, because that's a part of self-reflection, self-assessment. And when I think about building team, like even with me right now, I'm in the process of finally (laughs) like working on a website, a logo, um, and all the things that are related to the overall brand advertising marketing myself marketing my business and when i think about team as an independent contractor i don't come with a pre-established team most people who are corporate they come you know you get hired on for a particular role and then you fall in line with whatever the team dynamic already is and then if you um you know as you're as you're aware of your organization and the culture you're able to refine what the team looks like or the team culture looks like, right? Whereas us as entrepreneurs, we have to build a team. So that's a different level of self-awareness or it calls for us to have self-awareness more so out of the gate mm-hmm. um, to do what we need to do. Um, for example, and I'm not speaking for profound gentlemen, but I'm speaking as an outsider um, in the sense of when you and your business partner started um putting out there for impact leaders or when you think about the board that you want to create and things of that nature, you had to have your goal in mind about what you wanted. Um, you think about personalities that are going to mesh well. You think yeah. about what personality you're bringing to the table and what's going to help uh, balance out your strengths um, mm-hmm. or balance out your weaknesses. You have to acknowledge and be introspective enough in yourself to acknowledge the strengths and the weaknesses in another person and how that's going to yeah build the culture and the chemistry of your organization. And likewise, I think about that even for me. I'm a hairstylist most of the day, right? So when I want to do other things, it can be as simple as building a website. I have to think about creating the team around that website. Who's good with, you know, securing the domain? Who can give me feedback on this is the name that I'm going after? And they can say, well, not only am I going to search that for you, but let me tell you what that looks like. Let me survey some people and see what that sounds like. Um, The person who is good with color. These are the colors that say X, Y, and Z. These are the colors that say that may be a little bit more alarming. Like we need to have that self-awareness to say, this is where I, this is what I can bring to the table, but this is also what I'm looking for. Um, because this is where I lack, but I have awareness enough to know that in order to go where I want to go, I need people that are stronger in these areas where I lack. Yeah. What happens when somebody is on your team that is not necessarily holding their weight hmm. or creates a bad image for the group? And on that, on your end, you are in a position to really advance your career do you totally dismiss the group Mm -hmm. or do you find a way to eliminate the person (laughs) (laughs) i think even on a smaller scale like to be very like transparent like being in small like clusters right being Mm -hmm. young single individuals at one point we want to just live our best lives right Mm-hmm. So we will say everybody goes through a whole phase is what we what we'll call it. Oh, but never mind. Oh, well, then that's another story. I just met um, the wall, <laughs> damn. It wasn't that direction of remembering life. Like <laughs> you think, like, when you even think about that, like, when you are, well, like, when you are doing childish, quote, unquote, things, and you get to the point where it's like, okay, it's kind of time to put those things away. Um, yeah. I think like as people are on their individual journeys to arrive at this destination, if you will, some are going to get there faster than others. And Mm -hmm. it's definitely an individual thing. 
So sometimes you got to do what's best for you. I do think that it is important to communicate with individuals to say, hey, this is what I may need to do for myself. Or if the one person is impacting the group or the team, Mm -hmm. I think that it would be uh, kind to tell the other person like, hey, not let me back up, not tell them. Ask questions. <laughs> I had to slow up on that because I know that that's a weakness of mine, like being so quick to tell somebody something. Mm-hmm. And telling is based upon the level of expectation that I have for them mm-hmm. or telling them is uh, maybe coming from something deep within. So it's more so about asking questions to gain understanding. Mm-hmm. And after gaining that understanding, if the two still don't align, it's fair to say that I might need to distance myself in a certain capacity or set different boundaries so that I know how to navigate this friendship or this group association. Have you found, have, have you ever found yourself like, or have you been in a position where you separated yourself from a group? Oh yeah. And have you, did you come back to that group? You know, so funny growing up, I don't know about anybody else, but you know, you have those friends that you grow up with, maybe from childhood, church, school, and all that. And you think y'all going to be friends for a lifetime, forever and ever and ever. Well, I found out that's not the case. Um, I had a friend who we shared a lot in common growing up, but mm-hmm. it wasn't until we became adults. Um, and, of course, education played a role. I went to college. The friend mm-hmm. did not go that's to college. That's a big thing. Yeah, the friend didn't go to college um, and had opportunities to pursue some other talents, but we just didn't share the same drive, um, the same, same, excuse me, perspective um, of optimism and being hopeful and and all of that. And so we just really separated ways. Like it's always love there, but for a point there, I thought I was missing something. But I believe that God filled it for me in my relationships with other people. And it's just not a relationship that I necessarily uh, Mm. miss. But I believe that it was a season type of situation and it served its purpose. And Mm. no, I haven't gone back to the situation or I should say the friendship um, because I don't feel like I need to. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. How about you? There have been times where... I think, like, I wanted or I should have left a group and I didn't or, mm-hmm. or a team and I didn't because it just wasn't serving me. Uh, the print, I, I think more times than not, you run into a group of people that can be more catty and build their foundation off of something that is unstable mm-hmm. because you might you know, birds of a of a of a feather flock together, mm-hmm. um, but not all feathers are the same. <laughs> because you say it all the time, but yeah. those feathers are still together, right? And I think like <laughs> so they coming from that same bird. <laughs> Sometimes that bird cluck different. <laughs> they do, and that bird sometimes ain't what I need to be on. And I have found. That you know, it, it's true that you know you want to know you want to know your future. You know, look around you, see who your friends are. Right. That's so I'm very is. careful who I call my friends. Mm-hmm. This is so and so. This is somebody I know. This is a really good person. Mm-hmm. Friend is different. Friend is more intimate to me because then I feel like with friend, in a sense, they know my struggle and what I'm trying to go through, what I'm trying to pursue. So, mm. I think and I is. want those friends to be a part of the same. So I do think that I also, well, yeah, say what you have to say. I think I'm going to say something else after that. It's oh, I didn't want to interrupt your thought. It was, it was while in undergrad that um, we, uh, our mentor, a mentor um, proposed the idea of there's levels of friendship. And growing up, I didn't know that, or I, I had never heard that there's levels of friendship. Everybody was my friend. <laughs> mm-hmm. But it wasn't until I became a young adult into adulthood. Like, okay, so there are levels of friendship mm-hmm. because there's boundaries that have to be set. Everybody's development is different. 
mm-hmm. our perspectives are different. So there has to be levels of friendship. And I mm-hmm. felt bad about that because I'm a harmonious person. I like to be inclusive, bring people together. But I also had to recognize, like, you know what? You are right. <laughs> there are really levels of friendship. There are certain friends I could talk to about certain things because they have more experience or they're currently going through the same thing that I'm going through or have been through that. Mm-hmm. Um, there are some friends who are uh, more emotionally intelligent and they handle situations um, either like I do or better than I do. And I really want to grow in my way of handling. Uh, may it be conflict, may it be uh, work-related things, may it be my mental health all the way around, like my, my perspective, may it be my spirituality, the way I approach it. Um, so all those things actually play a role um, and shoot in personality at the end of the day. Uh, because when you get older and you're doing, as you're doing the work on yourself, you start to really acknowledge people's personality types <laughs> and how they can just conflict with who you are as a person mm-hmm. all the way around. So that's what I was, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> that's good. What type of characteristic do you feel like could not exist on in, on your team? The type somebody of that cannot cannot like if somebody had this type of characteristic or character trait, they would not be able to to be on your team. Lack of integrity. Hmm. Because like the lack of integrity, like hmm. I think about people that lie, that cheat, that'll steal, that'll do all those steal and destroy. Yeah, like I feel like not I feel like I just believe that. Like if you lack integrity, you just you're not really serving. Mm-hmm. It's, it's it's self-serving at that point when you lack mm-hmm. integrity. When you have integrity in your work and your word and what you do, mm-hmm. you not only do you know it's it's a reflection of you but a reflection of you, excuse me. But you're, I feel like on a level, you are held to a higher standard, a higher power. And you also understand that the work that you're doing is not about you, but it's impacting the person or the group of people that you are, that you've been sent to serve. Mm -hmm. So when you lack integrity, you'll do anything. You'll put out any product. You'll say anything. You'll stand behind anything. And I can trust your ass. Okay. It's just what that just boils down to. That's true. And if I can't trust you and I can't trust the quality of your product, I can't trust the quality of your word, then what do I have to hold on to? Mm-hmm. What do I have to hold on to when things are, aren't so well? Because in every business and every relationship, you're going to have lows, you're going to have valleys. And if your integrity is not intact, you liable to do anything just because you're triggered by something that's going to give you this instant rush or you'll do whatever in order to survive. And mm-hmm. I've worked for, and I've worked with hustlers and it's a difference between being an entrepreneur and a hustler. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I believe that hustlers do not have integrity. And mm-hmm. why do I know this? Because I've worked under that type of, under that type of, um, mentality of being a hustler because I'll save me before I save the team. Mm-hmm. And because mm-hmm. I've worked under that, that's why I believe mm-hmm. that. I, I like believe that, that in, in relationships and mm-hmm. in business relationships. I believe that in friendships. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-mm. If, the thing, if the ship is going down, I feel like you need to be thinking about how either we gonna survive or bitch, we both going down. <laughs> <laughs> Mine is pretension hmm. or pretentious. Is that it? Ciao. Okay. Okay. So a pretentious attitude or a pretentious person cannot survive in your camp. Yes. Tell us more. Because pretentious people will always look to be seen. Mm. They will always look to, to do anything to get attention. Mm. And to me, all attention is not good attention, and I move silently. Mm-hmm. People see the result of the work, but when I'm doing the work, they don't never see it because I yeah. think it's so sacred. 
But to me, often pretentious people want people to say, look what I'm doing. Look how I'm making this thing work. Yeah. So that people could see that they're awesome. At the end of the day, I know eternally who I am and what I'm serving. Yeah. So on a team, I can't necessarily have that because it's, it's countering the, the culture that I'm trying to build over here. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's why I can't do pretentious, pretentious people because you'll do whatever you need to do in order to be, in, be you know, the star. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I can agree. Oh. <laughs> I can agree to that. So as you're as you're thinking forward, right? Uh, whether it's with PG, whether it's with your own individual um endeavors, as you are building your team, mm-hmm. what are you looking forward to as far as like the characteristics of those individuals, like embracing that diversity that's your that you're bringing on your team? Like, mm-hmm. what characteristics really stand out to you that you're always like? I'm glad that I have that on my team. Independence. Okay. Mm -hmm. What does that mean to you? Independence means to me that you are able to be freely thinking Mm -hmm. and that you're not just going with the group for the sake of the group. There's an independent person I choose to go with the group. So no group think. I like group think when there's a majority that says yes. Okay. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Integrity is one of those things. I mean, uh, not integrity, but <laughs> integrity is important. Yeah. Man, independence is one of those things for me that says that you get to be you and I want you to show up as you. Yeah. So when you lack that independence, for those who kind of like no profile and gentlemen, it will be against what we say or set out about, you know, or, or, or set out as true in our. Um, programming for males of color. Like, so we have to make sure, you know, that our guys don't want to have those type of care, that, that main particular characteristic. Mm-hmm. That's mm. The next one, selfishness, which is funny because I just said independence. So you have to find a balance. When you're selfish, you're trying to do things that's for you. I don't like that. Another thing is a hoish attitude. <laughs> Ooh, merciful. We are here. Okay. Rah. But you don't need no holes in your team. Mm. And I'm not sex positive when people say shaming. Mm-hmm. But what I'm saying is that we have somebody that moves around too much. You know what I mean? Okay. Um, and so their actions impact the way that the organization sees itself. Mm-hmm. So that's something I can't have. That's a good point. Ho, <laughs> independence, <laughs> and selfishness. Gotcha. <laughs> that's a good point. I, that, that last one really stunned me. I'm sure who our listeners said, oh, ho, huh? Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Who want, like, I mean, honestly, them hoish ways be messing the team up. Yeah, because it, it, it does it always comes back on the the organization that you represent. Mm-hmm. Um, especially in a space like yours, um, in particular. Where we always are intimate proximity places to one another, yeah? Yeah. I agree with that. Hmm. So I'd be like, no. <laughs> but mainly for me, what I think about for a team is that and I want people to get out of this is the fact that you cannot you seriously cannot live this world without a team. Yes. Absolutely. Like, you need a team. You got to have one. Yeah, it's I don't so get there. folks who, who, who do that. Like, how can you walk around and think that you're the only one with the answers? But the thing is, is that it's that trust. And one of the things I learned for me, because yeah. I get it for a lot of people, is that when you feel like you cannot trust a team, mm-hmm. just reflect on can, I, can you trust yourself? Can I trust me that if this does not work out the way that I envision it and the way that it has been shared with me, am I going to be willing to walk out? Well, you and know that comes inter- with team in terms of relationships, too. If it ain't serving me, I got to go. Absolutely. <laughs> and I think that, that part um, 
there's a book called Five Dysfunctions of a Leader. Um, and it talks about one of the aspects of leadership talks about trust. And um, a lot of us have an issue with trust. Yeah. Um, for sure, a lot of hustlers have an issue with trust, even when somebody's showing you <laughs> that they can be trusted, but you don't see it as trust because your idea of trust has been uh, manipulated. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I Honestly. agree with that. Yeah, it's been manipulated. So really understanding what trust looks like um, and or acknowledging that you have a trust issue and doing the work. And what I mean by doing the work is being honest about it, reading about what trust looks like. There are exercises out there. I'm not even saying that you have to go and seek, you know, counseling or therapy, so to speak. But us as leaders, there are so many books and assessments out there to teach us how to trust, how to learn how to how to trust, learning how to trust, assessing trust. Mm. and implementations around how to build trust in our cultures. Um, But it all goes back to the point number one of being self-aware to say like, you know what? I really don't trust you hoes. And this is, and this is because of X, Y, and Z. And uh, it could be partly internal. Some you got to do with yourself, or it could be external. Some behavioral practices that are being going on that you need to address um, and, and, and bring to people's, attention and when you are leading an organization when you are leading a team one of those true things is that you seriously cannot get offended you know when people say things about you can't get offended because your team regardless of whether you think they're looking at you or not they're looking and they're trying to see how you react to certain situations I could honestly tell you, in terms of a staff perspective, I have one of the best goddamn teams out here. Mm-hmm. My staff is second to none. And the reason being is because they have done, and we continue as an organization to do that individual work of what makes me unique, what makes me who I am as an individual, what makes me solely focus on making sure I'm living out my purpose and that my dreams are coming true. When I do that, yeah, when I do that, my team reflects that. And that's the thing, like that part right there, like you are still an individual within a team. Yes. Like you still have your own goals and aspirations. So there's nothing wrong. There's a level of selfishness as much as we don't like to say that word. Like when you select what team you're going to be on, I mean, let's take it back to the days when we were kids and we were being picked for games on the playground or in the neighborhood. If somebody was playing basketball, kickball, whatever, you wanted to pick either the best of the Some people on your team were going to be the best. Some people were not. But you were strategic around how you wanted to select those people, right? Mm -hmm. And then even if me being a person that's wanting to be selected, I'm going to advocate for myself to be selected for my partially for my own selfish reasons. But at the same time, I know that I can make the team better and I want the team goal to be achieved overall. So Mm -hmm. there's nothing wrong. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. And I think like as leaders of organizations, or if you are in a management role in an organization, you need to be, um, you know, be aware, be aware of that. Mm-hmm. For sure, like there's mm-hmm. nothing wrong with it, and that's why one on ones are important. That's why leadership yeah. building rapport with their um, their other leaders, because I believe everybody's a leader. That's why it's important for those in those roles to have those one on one conversations to know what the goals and aspirations are for that person, so mm-hmm. that you always make sure you have the right person on your team, as well as you're helping the person achieve their goals and dreams, because you realize that the greater overall goal is larger than that moment out at the same mm-hmm. time mm-hmm. to make sure that they get what they need. And even in relationships, you have two leaders coming together to try to build this, this dream or achieve this goal. That's why it's important to check in with each other to, Hey, are you getting what you need? Are you getting mm-hmm. what you need? If not, what do I need to teach me? If teach me what I need to do, show me, give me examples um, but if the person is not able or willing or doesn't have the capacity, it's fine to say that as well. Even in work organizations, if a, a manager or a CEO is asking you more than what you can contribute, and even though they're giving you their trainings 
they're giving you the incentives, they're giving you the finances that you're looking for, and you still can't do what you need to do, mm-hmm. say that and just be like, hey, I want y'all to be great. I want you to be well. This, and right currently where I am, I can't, I can't meet these benchmarkers. And so mm-hmm. I think that it would be wise for you all to bring another person. Now, who has said that? I don't know. But <laughs> I think that it would be great to say that on a business level and on a relational level to tell people when you've reached your, your capacity and that's okay. Mm-hmm. That's my thing. But that was great. <laughs> Dot com. I'd say so. I really think that honestly, we were talking a lot about self in a previous post or, or, or podcast mm-hmm. episodes. I think, but we have to really recognize and share with people that team is so important. And once you so, know self, get that ass in a team. Yeah, nobody can make it out here. Like she said on Poetic Justice, nobody, but nobody can make it out here alone. Yeah. And the truth be told, those who are in a team live longer anyway. It's statistically proven. I believe so, shit, because you ain't that stressed because you can delegate. Hello. Yeah. <laughs> also, it's okay that you are in multiple teams. Yes. A lot of people get Not multiple so... relationships, multiple teams. Let's be clear. No, because I ain't sharing. <laughs> but as you were saying, hell no. <laughs> multiple teams. Yes, yes, yes. Else. It's okay that you're in multiple teams. Mm-hmm, but I'm not sharing. No, I'm talking about for teams, not relationships. I'm multiple teams. teams too. That relationship is a team. Merciful. God, but, I- <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's good though. And I hopefully it could transfer over to when people are in relationships and not people are not uh, or, or who are uh, focused on just like leadership team. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I really, really like that. I really, really like this conversation and it allowed me to reflect on teams and my own teams and how, you know, I'm showing up. I think it's funny because the higher you get, quote unquote higher. I hate that, mm-hmm. you know, but the more you learn about yourself, yeah. the more your teams evolve because the more you want to understand who's around you and are they matching the same things that you're doing. So Absolutely. with that stated, this has been great, guys. Now you have anything else to choose. Mm-hmm. Nope, that's it. Amen to Jesus. And what he has done for us. You look beautiful today. Smile. Listen, just enjoy 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 the development process and mm-hmm. assess your teams. Don't put them on a don't be so, you know, some of us can be real, real hard about it, but just assess the people that you consider your teammates and assess why they're your teammates. Mm-hmm. And also just think about the role that you play on there. Because at the end of the day, we want everybody to live their best life, their most authentic life, and to fulfill whatever purpose that you've been given. And the only way we can do that to the best of our ability is when we are assessing the team that we have to produce excellence. So, And with that, ladies and gentlemen, is the benediction. You have been listening to You Go Away Podcast. We will see you all immediately, you know, the next time. One time. Huh? I say, and on time. I'm gonna let our actions show rather than our words. Yep, amen. Y'all be well. This is right. Amen. Peace. <laughs>